0: and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. If you are new around here, this is a podcast by an introvert, me, for introverts. I feel like there is a certain vibe for introverts that I was not getting from other podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts and they all seem to be very, very extroverted. And there's like this certain introvert energy that I don't get from them that I feel like was missing from the podcast space. So here I am to give you that energy recharging introvert thing that we all kind of need. This week, I'm going to do a deep dive into the Ultimatum Queer Love show. It's on Netflix. The whole season is up. And just FYI, this whole series, it's going to be a two-parter, just warning you ahead of time. There's a lot to cover. Uh, it's going to be full of spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, pause this right now, go watch the show. I am gonna do this in two parts, like I said. The first part is going to be everything up to the new pair selection. So we're gonna see the, the original couples that come in, how they switch up and have their new couples. And we're gonna stop there right before we get into the recommitment ceremony where, like, the original couples get back together, and we're going to not talk about the end results, like, who proposed to who, if anyone proposed. We're going to get into that next week. But first, we are going to do our customary mental health check. As always, you're going to rate your mental health from 1 to 5, 1 being horrible, 5 being amazing. I'm sitting at, like, a like a 4 right now. I'm feeling pretty good, feeling pretty positive. I've had a very full week which I think is catching up to me a little bit, getting a little tired. Um, I went out with a friend of mine to a queer club and it was like a core memory. It was so fun. I'm not like a dancing kind of gal. Like that's not usually my scene. I am not a club type of person, but she's like, it's so fun. It's so fun. We have to go. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. And I had so much fun with her. It was a great night. So I am planning to go back at the end of June for pride celebrations in different queer clubs in Houston. So that'll be a lot of fun. I already know what I'm going to wear. Like it's, it's going to be iconic and I will, I will probably share a little bit on the podcast Instagram. If you're not already following, it's at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod on Instagram and TikTok. I'm not super active on TikTok at the moment. I'm doing a lot of research, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, I struggle with video format because it's not something I grew up doing. So I'm just kind of seeing what seeing what works, seeing what I like. So you can follow the TikTok. I will post some stuff. But just FYI, I'm not super active, but I am very active on the Instagram. Uh, I'm also getting started writing my next book. It is going to be like Love Island meets Stephen King. And I cannot wait. I'm so excited. There's a new season of Love Island UK, by the bye you have to get into it. I just started it, only watched two episodes. I think it's gonna be a good one. I don't know, maybe I'm partial. Season 10 of Love Island UK is available on Hulu. Just FYI, if you're interested. Um, So I'm writing my book. I'm remaining very optimistic about my queries that I have out for all of my books at the moment. I feel like something amazing is coming and it's just right around the corner and I just have to wait and be patient And it will happen because i've put in the work i've put in the effort put in the time and i'm going to reap my rewards soon so i just can't wait to see what the universe or whatever has in store for me coming up i am also planning a road trip to toronto with my husband we're gonna go sometime in july and you're like toronto like in canada yes It's not as far of a drive as you think it's like 22 hours if we were to do it straight which we're not going to do we're gonna go to nashville and get nashville hot chicken because you know a girl loves to eat we're going to stop in cedar point which ironically is kind of where i grew up a little bit i went high school in sandusky and cedar point is the the roller coaster park there so i'm going to go do that with him and then we're going to go hang out in toronto with some friends go to their roller coaster park, and just eat our way up and down the East Coast. And it should be a lot of fun. I love a good road trip lately. We've been doing a lot of them, and I think we both enjoy them. So we're doing that, and we're listening to a bunch of audiobooks, too, together, which I think is also fun. If you're new, this is also your time to check in with yourself. Check in honestly with yourself. Ask yourself how you're actually doing. Are you doing amazing? Are you doing sucky? I don't know. Only you know the answer to that, but it is important for us to actually be honest with ourselves, even if it doesn't even feel like it makes sense. Even if you're sad for what feels like no apparent reason, it's fine. You can identify that and be like, you know what? I'm sad. I don't know why I'm sad. That's okay. That is perfectly, perfectly okay. But just remember to check in with yourself and check in honestly. So the recommendation section, typically I will give you one to three recommendations. I already kind of recommended Love Island UK but that's where I'm going to stop actually because this whole episode is kind of a big giant recommendation for the ultimatum queer love. Before we get started I want to talk about a few things. First of all what is the ultimatum? The ultimatum is a reality show by Nick and Vanessa Lachey they are the executive producers. I think this is like the fifth season or something in the U.S. that they've done. And there's the ultimatum in different countries as well. The concept is you have a couple and one person in the couple wants to get married, one person doesn't. The person who wants to get married says, I want you to marry me, like let's do this, or I'm going to go find someone else. In my opinion, an ultimatum is a is kind of a toxic behavior. I hate an ultimatum, generally speaking. In a friendship, in a relationship, if you give me an ultimatum, like, expect me to not choose what you think I'm going to choose. If you're forcing me to choose you, like, it's me or them. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm choosing them then because they're allowing me to be myself and you kind of want to possess me. Like, that's how the, an ultimatum feels to me. However... If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know that I love a good reality show. The Ultimatum is no different. I love The Ultimatum. I love Love is Blind, The Circle, like anything like the Netflix reality shows, the relationship ones, I'm into it all day. So I am acknowledging that the concept for the show is kind of a little icky, but I think it's a good show nonetheless. I also want to mention i was talking to somebody about this the other day that people really get focused on this idea of marriage and i think marriage is an amazing beautiful thing i'm married and i love being married but i also feel like an ultimatum is a sign that there are uh bigger issues in the relationship and that's kind of what we're going to get into over the next couple weeks is that the ultimatum that is presented is really an indication that there's just a major issue in the relationship and maybe you guys shouldn't be together. You know? But yeah, so let's just let's just get get into it. First, I'm going to give you the couples. Okay? There are 5 couples and in this season, which is unusual to all other seasons, typically it's a heterosexual show, there's a guy and a girl. This season, it's all women and non-binary people. Based on conversation, all the people's pronouns are she her so that's how i'm going to be referring to everybody so the first couple we have is sam and aussie sam gave the ultimatum to aussie and sam is ready for the ultimate commitment she wants to get married desperately aussie on the other hand wants to live together for five years first like that is their benchmark but aussie doesn't feel ready she doesn't feel ready for the commitment she doesn't necessarily even feel ready necessarily to live together and she's not out to her families, which also presents a whole other set of issues, right? Because you are dating a woman and your family doesn't know that you're into women. So, that's a problem in their relationship. But Sam is like, I see that. I see you. I still want to marry you. The next couple is Mal and Yoli. Yoli is the one who gave the ultimatum. Yoli, wants to be married. She is so in love with Mal. She also really wants kids, and she's in her 30s, so she feels like that biological clock is ticking, and she wants to go ahead and take the plunge now. Mal's concern is that she's known Yoli for years, right? And she's like, Yoli falls hard for anybody that she's with. What makes me special? Am I special, or do I just happen to be here? So, that's an issue. Mal also has this thing where she's like, I need to be 100% financially stable before we even think about getting married. And like, while I understand the sentiment, like having finances is important and it is a sign of safety and can give a lot of security and oftentimes helps not put so much strain on the relationship, I do feel like building together is also like there's something to be said for it, you know? So they both kind of seem like they're in two different places and are unwilling or unable to meet each other. The next couple is Vanessa and Xander. Xander gave the ultimatum to Vanessa. Xander is psyched about Vanessa, about the relationship, wants to get married, wants to have kids, sees that whole future, right? Vanessa flat out says she does not want stability or consistency. She immediately, so like when you first meet the couples, they're like walking down a pier and then there's this like cocktail party kind of situation where they're standing, each couple is standing at their own little stand-up tall table and they're waiting for the host to come in and then they're going to do their whole spiel. So while Vanessa and Xander are standing there, they're standing together, Vanessa is very obviously, very clearly checking out the other women there, just really obviously, tangibly excited to explore other connections. And I think it's good to go into this kind of experience with an open mind, but for me, that would be a huge red flag that like, maybe you don't want that monogamous relationship and we have other things we need to discuss. The next couple is Lexi and Ray. Lexi and Ray seem to have differing views on what a marriage looks like. Lexi is the one who gave the ultimatum, so she's telling Ray, I want you to marry me or I'm out. Ray is just unsure that Lexi is the one because their relationship is not perfect. And I'll get into this as we start talking about their dynamic But it does seem like Ray really struggles with her self-esteem and self-worth and strives for that perfection, which is causing her to kind of hit a roadblock when it comes to wanting to move forward with a marriage. Our final couple is Mildred and Tiff. Mildred gave the ultimatum and she says that, okay, so I'll just tell you right off the bat, I was not necessarily rooting for this couple from the beginning but I was like, you know what? Maintain an open mind. Sometimes when people come into a show, they act one way because the cameras in a new environment, whatever, and that's not actually how they are. But Mildred said she gave the ultimatum because Tiff likes what she does in bed. And I quote, if she wants to keep the spice in her life, she has to put a ring on it. And like, maybe that's just humor to cover up uh, some insecurities. I don't know. Tiff is unsure that Mildred wants a marriage with her or just with somebody. Also, Tiff expresses in the very beginning and Mildred agrees that their communication absolutely sucks. And I can attest to having watched this show twice, it sucks, it sucks so hard. They have broken up many times, which we'll talk about as we we move on, but they always get back together. And Tiff is like, I don't know if we're ready for this. Okay, so the first week, they kind of, all the couples, all 10 people mingle with each other and they kind of see who they want to pair up with for the next three weeks. Whoever they pair up with is going to be their trial wife, quote unquote. It is a trial marriage. That's what they're calling it. Okay, (laughs) this is not my, this is not my verbiage. I think it's weird to call it a trial marriage, but you know what? You got to call it something. So, this was just shown in, like, a montage of a pool party kind of thing. And Vanessa, like, she was already excited to get this party started. And that really carried forward into the week where they're deciding who they want to kind of pick and go out with. Vanessa originally seemed like she was going to have her pick of anyone she wanted because she, like does a really good first impression. She's very confident. She's very gregarious. Like that is a really fun first date kind of person. I was actually kind of shocked because I thought it was going to be, she was kind of rubbing me the wrong way at first. I think because of the little red flag right in front of her girlfriend at the time, it was kind of weird, but you know, whatever, it's fine. So everyone is all talking. Everyone is getting to know each other. And they're also talking about issues that they have in their current relationships, things that they don't like, things that they wish were different, things that they would change. They, just as a note, they do not have to pair up according to who gave the ultimatum and who received it. They can pair up any kind of way they want. One particular group of people that I was quite surprised with actually how, I don't know, calm and mature and level-headed their conversations were... Mal and Lexi were having really tough conversations about dating someone who's Black. Lexi says she's never dated a Black person before, but she isn't afraid of learning. And I thought that was really, like, it's not just a great answer. Like, that's not really what I'm going for. But I think that's a great attitude to go into it with because Dating someone who is a different race than you or a different background than you does take some learning because you don't know their culture. You don't know their history. You don't know the intricacies of what it's like to be them. So, it is important to go into it with an open mind and like, hey, yes, I'm willing to learn and I understand I have to learn and I'm willing to do that work. So, I really, I really actually loved that, that interaction because, That's something I feel like most people would shy away from. But Lexi was like, I'm here. Like, I see that you're Black. Honestly, I noticed first off that you're more masculine, but you're absolutely right. And I haven't dated someone who's Black before. And the way that they're talking about it is so open. It was actually really refreshing. Lexi and Vanessa are also kind of vibing, right? Because Lexi and Mal, like, already have this connection. So, I'm like, okay, they're going to pick each other for sure. But Lexi and Vanessa kind of have a vibe until Vanessa really puts her foot in it, okay? Vanessa, while they're... So they do the pool party and then later they show little clips of dates that they go on. I don't know if they were set up by the producers. I don't know if the ultimatum people got to like say, I want to take her on a date. This is where I want to go. I don't know how that works, but they just show these little clips and one of the clips is... Vanessa and Lexi on a date, sitting on a park bench. And Vanessa says she has no desire to get married. She also says she does not think her partner, Xander, is going to leave her at all. This statement that she makes is basically, this is a consequence-free time for me to play and be single. And there's no risk at all because this is an experience. And actually, I didn't even want this. Xander brought us here. Lexi was not having it. And this is where I was like, Lexi, I like Lexi because she is not afraid to have the tough conversation, including calling someone out who's saying something like kind of messed up, right? Because the the ultimatum, it is ultimately just a TV show, okay? But the point is we need to see if we are ready for marriage And if we're not, we need to identify issues in ourselves and in our relationship that need to be addressed and go forth and address them. I think that some people watching and some people in the show get caught up in the idea of, I get to have a trial marriage with someone else and I get to be physical with someone else. And I don't think it's about that. But I think that that makes good TV and that's why the producers of the show kind of lean into that. And so, Vanessa is very much leaning into the play aspect and Lexi is leaning into the I want to marry Ray and I'm here to learn about our relationship and myself and see see what we're lacking, what the issue is. So that was a whole thing. And then Lexi goes up to Ray later. There's this big cocktail party with everyone there. And she's like, Look, Vanessa's not here for the right reasons. She's here to play games. And ray is like okay i hear you but i'm gonna make my own decision and this kind of upsets lexi i think that lexi is a little bossy i don't know if that's the right word but she expected it seemed for ray to be like oh, okay i'm never gonna talk to her again and that's not at all what happened so around this time like we're coming up to the end of the week And this is when people seem to start having regrets about even coming on the show, signing up for this experience. It seems like for a lot of couples, it's getting real that your partner literally could be leaving without you, either leaving with someone else or just leaving single and deciding not to be with you, period. Something I really didn't like is that toward the end of this first week, people are referring to the person that they came to the experience with as their ex. This, this did not sit well with me. We're not not dating because we're in this experience. Like we are at a point in our relationship where at least one of us wants to get married, you know? So we're, we're pretty serious, we're not broken up. However, psychologically, I do understand why the producers did this. If you refer to someone as your ex, if you think of someone as your ex, you are less likely to have loyalty to that person and behave in a way that you might behave when you're single, which means that we're gonna have good TV. So, I mean, I get it and I understand the point of a TV show is not necessarily to help people identify issues in their relationship and become better, but I also feel like it is a dirty trick, (laughs) okay? It is, it's a little bit of a dirty trick because I know that the producers know what they're doing. Like psychologically, if you think of someone as your ex, like they're your ex, you know? I can't keep saying, oh my girlfriend, oh my girlfriend, and then not feel and have her set in my mind as my girlfriend. And then later in these three weeks when I'm posted up with someone else, if I'm still referring to her as my girlfriend, I'm going to be constantly reminded in my interviews, like I have someone, I have someone, I have someone, versus, oh my ex, my ex, my ex, oh, I'm single. Does that make sense? I think it does. Okay, so there's a lot of tension. There are personalities that seem to be clashing a little bit. The partners are having to watch their partner flirt with other people, which I'm sure is super, super uncomfortable. And it's not even like I'm watching you flirt with them. Like I am watching you actively decide and choose who you want to spend the next three weeks with. And I'm sure, at least I would, I would compare myself in every possible way, right? If you're talking to someone that looks completely different than me, talks completely different than me, has a completely different job than me, like polar opposite of me, I'm like, all right, cool. So they hate me and we are not leaving together. You know, like I have made a horrible mistake coming here. This is a big problem and I would like to leave the experiment. I can understand why they're upset but even if you're not comparing yourself you're still watching your partner flirt with other people and if you for example have jealous tendencies maybe this is gonna be a very uncomfortable experience for you particularly the first week because this first week you're all together so by this point the first week is coming to a close and they're gonna have what's called like a choosing ceremony I mean, the tension coming into this this night was so intense. And for the most part, I kind of knew who was going to pick who. I knew for sure that Lexi was not going to pick Vanessa. Like, that was obvious from the jump, okay? Well, maybe not from the jump, but right after they had that fight, yeah, she's not picking her. And I wasn't sure if Ray and Vanessa were going to keep going what they had going because, they seem to have a little bit of a connection, but after Lexi talked to Ray, what's Ray gonna do? I don't know. So there was a lot of tension coming into this into this night. There really wasn't a whole lot of drama though. Like not anything super crazy, no yelling or anything like that. It was just like the Lexi and Vanessa thing, and that's pretty much it. You know, it was like, okay, this is gonna be like a chill season. Incorrect. It was, I was incorrect on that assessment. So let's get into this ceremony night. I'm just going to tell you who chooses who and like the reactions to each. To my shock, Vanessa and Ray choose each other. Everybody is rolling their eyes. Everybody. Like it's not just Lexi, just, oh, I don't like this girl. Uh, everybody except for Vanessa's partner. Vanessa's partner, Xander, Xander does not say anything about like doesn't honestly doesn't appear to react to this it's just like all right well that's what's happening during the choosing ceremony I think everyone is rolling their eyes so much and is so like oh I can't believe Vanessa like whatever and it was all toward Vanessa not toward Ray kind of incredulous toward Ray but just a little bit of disgust toward Vanessa because during the entire ceremony Vanessa is telling Xander, her partner, to F off. And, like, I don't speak like that to my partner. Like, that is really inappropriate language. And it honestly did not seem like, oh, this is just our dynamic. This is how we joke. Like, it was, she was telling her partner to F off in front of everybody. And it got so bad that people finally spoke up. And we're like, Vanessa, why are you doing that? Like, you are affecting everyone here by bringing that negative energy toward this whole ceremony. You're telling Xander to F off? Like, hurting her feelings like that? It's ridiculous. And then, of course, Xander has to defend her partner. And I don't know that they had to defend the partner, their partner, but she chose to. And, you know, like, She was like, look, let's stop jumping on Vanessa. I'm not comfortable with that. Like, it's fine. My feelings are not hurt. It's okay, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, okay, blink twice, girl, if you need help, because that's not acceptable behavior. After this, it's Xander's time to choose, and she and Yoli choose each other. They both seem really optimistic about the process and are excited to see what happens. It's a very low drama choice, honestly, at this point. Just wait. It gets better. Okay. To no one's surprise, at least not mine, Lexi and Mal choose each other. They both made really long speeches about how great of partners they think the other is, which came across a little bit passive-aggressive because your partners, your current partners, are literally right here, right now. So, uh, I don't know that I love that. And it's also like, I'm hearing how great this other person is and how not great I am. And then I'm like, why did you drag me here? If you want to break up with me, like, just break up with me. So, I didn't love the passive aggression. That was a little bit sketch to me. But otherwise, like, they seem very optimistic and happy to be together. Next new couple we have is Aussie and Mildred. And their reasons for choosing each other seem very shallow to me there didn't seem to be anything that they're really gaining from choosing each other besides like, oh, I like them. And I don't know that that's necessarily bad. Like you have a a limited pool of people that you can connect with. And for me personally, I really don't connect with people that often, you know, like not enough to be like, I want to be in a trial marriage with you. I can't wait. Like I have found the one single person on earth that I want to marry and I married him and that's, that's that. Like that is my strongest connection. And even like friendship wise, I don't really connect with people like that very often. So I'm trying to be empathetic to the fact that, you know what, maybe it's just a little bit uncomfortable. You know, maybe it's just like we kind of get along. Let's see what happens. So I'm just like choosing to be optimistic for them. The final couple, it's kind of like de facto these people ended up together and that's Tiff and Sam. They're the only two left. They didn't hate each other. They didn't want to leave the experiment without their partner and they choose each other. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Tiff makes it very clear that she only wanted Mildred and was only doing this because Mildred wanted to, which was already kind of sucky towards Sam. Sam is literally the sweetest person i've ever seen on television she is so kind so gentle like she just has this really nice sweet vibe about her so when tiff says this i'm like oh sam i'm so sorry and tiff is saying this mildred gets up and leaves the room she just needs some space and i'm like okay you didn't have to do the dramatic storm off if you just wanted a conversation with tiff but she actually tells tiff to go away like she just needs some space she Finally, comes back, and the host is like, Well, what was wrong? What was that about? And she's like, I never got that side of Tiff when we were together. And first of all, that um, statement is I want to kind of dis- dissect it a little bit. This is a deep dive. Okay. The statement, When we were together, implies that you believe in your mind and in your heart that you are no longer together, which is already like i i get it i get it that like that's the point of the show we're trying to drive drama and i get that but like yo (laughs) it's like looking at an ex literally looking at like your ex-boyfriend your your ex-girlfriend ex-partner and you're like they never did that for me when you're months and months not together so i don't know it really came off a little weird to me like mildred's already checked out of the relationship even though this is just the choosing ceremony like Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird and it was really a lot of foreshadowing for what is to come. So, we have, at this point, five new couples and these couples are going to be living together for the next three weeks in the same apartment and oftentimes sleeping in the same bed. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each couple individually, like as a group. When you're watching the show, it's kind of interspersed, But there are just certain things about certain dynamics that I want to get into. And I'm just going to do like couple by couple and we're going to get into it. So Vanessa and Ray, at first, this is a very playful, easy kind of relationship. They're having a good time together, but Vanessa is saying things like, we're going to have a beautiful life together. And I'm like, girl, did you not just say that you don't want to get married? Like, why are we having all this weird language acting like we're literally married like this is a trial marriage and i just met you a week ago i don't know it was weird and the weirdness continues when they go to get Vanessa's nipples pierced and it is at this point that i'm like girl are you here for followers because look i i want to get some piercings too you already know i'm not going to wait till i'm on a tv show to go get piercings okay how long were you planning to do this? Like, did you decide to do this just for the show? Like, what, what is this? It was so random. And then while they're like, Ray went with her, obviously, because they're partners in this thing now. And Vanessa takes a selfie with her shirt off and with Ray next to her. And she's like, Lexi's gonna love that picture. Girl, messy girl behavior. And it was immediately at that moment that I'm like, you know what, we're not, you're not my people. I, I'm not on team Vanessa. I'm sorry to say, maybe she's a sweet person outside of this. Maybe, I don't know. It was messy, messy, messy behavior and felt very much like she was here for social media fame, which like fine, but don't drag your partner through this, like giving them hope that you're going to change your mind about marriage. I don't know. So, then later, Vanessa and Ray go to the beach and they talk about Vanessa's lack of desire for a relationship, not knowing if she wants one. And then later that night, they end up having sex. And I don't know specifically what day this is because they don't say like day one, day two. So, it could have been the end of the second week. I don't know. But in what they showed us, it seemed very quick, which is fine. Like if you want to try to connect physically with someone, you do what you need to do. However, given why we're here, it seems a little weird. Ray appears very conflicted about this. The morning after, she sits on the edge of the bed and she's like, has this look on her face like, what the heck, and goes about her day. Vanessa, on the other hand, calls it, I quote, a slice of freedom after we've been in jail for a long time. What? What? dude, like your partner is going to hear this. Your partner is going to see this. And even if you do change your views on marriage in this six week, eight week, whatever, however long this ends up being process, your partner is going to hear this and it's going to feel horrible. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Anyway, Ray calls Lexi. And this is how I knew that they had their phones and they could actually communicate. Ray calls Lexi, who is her partner, and Lexi is very upset. So Ray goes to talk to Vanessa about this. And Vanessa is being like so cavalier about this, making jokes and laughing and whatever. And Ray is like visibly upset, visibly upset. And she's talking about her issues with her self-esteem and thinking like she's not good enough. And like I get that. Vanessa's probably uncomfortable, but read the room, you know? It seems like halfway through this three-week period, there is a cocktail party. Half of the couples, like five people go to one cocktail party and five people go to another. And you're separated from your original partner. So, for example, Lexi and Ray are separated, okay? When the halves of the couples get together, there is discussion about Vanessa and Ray having sex, Vanessa is like, oh my God, I feel attacked. Like, why are you attacking me talking about this? But I kind of understand why everyone's upset. This whole, the whole point of this, again, is like to find out if we're ready for marriage and if we're not, what is holding us back. And Vanessa is like trying to figure herself out. And I do, like, I'm, I want to have empathy for her, right? You're in your twenties, like you, you don't know what the hell you want. You know, you're just trying to figure it out and that's great, but you're not on the right show. Vanessa and Ray also meet with Vanessa's father like in this three-week period, meeting the parents already. They talk about being ready for marriage or not. Vanessa reiterates that she doesn't know if she ever wants to get married. There's some really weird rhetoric about wanting marriage to be like a seven-year lease. Her father says this. I'm like, all right, cool. So that's where you get this weird idea. I keep saying weird idea of marriage and weird in general, but it is so strange to me. Like marriage is not a lease, you know, like this is a commitment that you have for the rest of your life. If you don't want to commit, then you don't want to get married, and that's fine, but just like do that. Don't drag someone into your thing trying to I don't know, not lose them, I guess. And Vanessa also she mentions needing like a crazy night every few years and then being able to go recommit to her relationship. So Vanessa and Ray as a whole was really it was intense you know it was I don't know man it was a lot and it felt like I think Ray was is also trying to figure herself out but she's not assertive about it which if you don't have good self-esteem like that's understandable Vanessa is trying to figure herself out and she's gonna go through anyone and everyone to to do it you know And it doesn't matter or I guess she doesn't really care who she tears down in the process as long as she goes for what she wants. All right. So, let's move on to another couple. Let's talk about Lexi and Mal. Immediately, this couple is like very supportive of each other even when they don't agree. That first night, they're talking about normal roommate stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. This is going to be really nice. And then they like are cuddling immediately. I understand that people have different levels of comfort with physical intimacy, but I literally, (laughs) I do not touch people. I don't know if I'm weird. I don't know if it's trauma. I don't know what, but like literally not for me. So seeing them cuddle immediately, I'm like, whoa, that's fast. And other people might look at it and think, oh, that's normal. Like they, they like each other. That's what people do. And maybe that's what y'all do. That's not what I do. So they, they're like clearly, feeling it they're very close they're vibing they discuss even the possibility that they leave engaged together what yeah I mean you've literally known each other I don't know when this conversation takes place about them being engaged and leaving together it could be at the third week but you've known this person for literally a month a month why are we getting engaged I don't know But they are continuing to grow closer through conversation and through, like, their cuddling and their physical intimacy. They don't have sex. They don't kiss. But they do seem very close. They're building that kind of connection. That is until Ray's incident with Vanessa, in which Ray ends up calling Lexi. This is, like, a huge roadblock for Lexi and Mal because Lexi is distraught over this. She says that it's not because Ray... Necessarily had sex. It's because Ray had sex when she said she wouldn't, and because Ray had sex with someone that Lexi told her, like, this is a bad person. Lexi and Mal meet up with Lexi's parents. Lexi talks about wanting to find her hell yes, and I fully support that. You need to find someone who is all about you and just all into you. So they're talking about that. They talk about the lacks in the partners that they have, and that. They have a good supportive relationship currently. Lexi's parents like Mal. Understandable. Mal is awesome. Okay. I really like Mal. I actually really like Lexi. In the end, though, Lexi reveals to her parents that she loves Mal. And I couldn't tell if it's just like, oh, I love her, or, dude, I love her. Couldn't tell, but I think it was the second one, personally. Lexi tells Mal that she thinks that she's one of her soulmates. And she says she now knows what a healthy marriage could look like. And. Even with the roadblock of Ray, Lexi eventually comes back to herself and it seems like that last night she really wanted to be physical with Mal. I was really confused by this, especially because of what happened with Ray. Like you were that upset about her being physical with someone and I know you didn't promise each other, Ray promised you but not the other way. Does she just want to get back at Ray? Would she have slept together, slept with Mal if she never found out about Ray? Mal was like not about it. The timing was off. And I fully respect Mal's decision. And in her shoes, I think I would do the, exactly the same thing. Okay, so let's move on to Aussie and Mildred. All surface level, just kind of like I thought, especially in the beginning. They're kind, they're friendly, they're having a lot of c- conversations about being comfortable and in a safe space and blah, blah, blah. They are fine. They talk about literally ironing, okay? It was the dullest, (laughs) the dullest relationship up to a point. And then we start kind of getting into the nitty gritty. They talk about how Mildred is a single mom and she wants to settle down with someone. And I think that's the problem is that she wants to settle down with someone, not someone specific. Aussie, on the other hand, her commitment issues are revealed, She says that marriage is something where you're stuck with someone forever, which like true, but referring to it as stuck, uh, maybe not the best. So they go from friendly and then they reveal, you know, this is kind of a little bit who I am. And then they start having conflict. Mildred is like stuck in mom mode. It seems like she's taking care of herself. She's taking care of the house. She's taking care of Aussie. And she's really starting to resent that. Aussie made plans to, like, cook for them and stuff. Never did it. Mildred brings it up. Mildred says, we don't share house chores. She's very, like, I don't even know if it's defensive because it's, like, offensive. Like, you are coming to this ready to fight with me before we've even started a conversation. Aussie, we learn, is not really into confrontation at all. She says... Like, Mildred, you say things on camera about me that are not true to make me look a certain way. And Mildred's like, what do you mean? Like, what stuff? And Aussie's like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, yo, you brought it up. <laughs> you can't bring it up and then just not talk about it. That's so, mm-mm. That, that's a no from me. So at the get together, like where the half of the couples are together, Mildred's asking Sam, like, what do you do? Like, how do you talk to this person And Sam's like, I just talked to her when she's not in a triggered state. And Mildred's like, all right, cool. When is that? And she's like, well, you just have to wait. So Mildred goes back to the apartment and apparently heard nothing that Sam said because Aussie walks in after her night out and Mildred just starts hammering on this person. Like, we need to talk about this. And she's talking really fast, raising her voice. It is not productive. Aussie's like... I'm leaving, gets a backpack, puts on some shoes, leaves. On my first watch, I'm like, oh my gosh, Aussie, how could you possibly leave? Like you need to stay there and have this conversation. But then on my second watch, I'm like, I think, I think Aussie did the right thing. I probably would have left too because you can't just keep coming at me because the tone of the conversation is not, ooh, I want to get to the bottom of this. It's like, I want to I have a fight and I'm just not into that personally. So, Aussie chooses to, like, end their experience by going to the apartment when Mildred is out, packing up all her stuff, leaving a note, and peacing out. So, that brings us to our next couple, which is Tiff and Sam. At first, honestly, everything seems fine. They're friendly, cordial, whatever. Then, almost immediately, (laughs) Tiff brings up her dog and that she always sleeps with her dog. Sam is like, okay, I like dogs. That's great. But I don't really like my legs feeling claustrophobic. And Tiff is, like, defensive immediately. She's like, I need you to care about my dog. Like, I'm like, okay, what's the problem? So, they let it pass. Tiff ended up sleeping on the couch with her dog that night. And later that day, she's like, I feel like I'm the only one making compromises. My dog is a non-negotiable. I don't want my dog to be around someone who doesn't care. And Sam is like, I'm just simply not meeting your expectations for how you want me to act. This fight was like wild because like, don't get me wrong, okay? I love my dog two bits, but if I slept with my dog in my bed, which I do not because he sheds so much, and someone was like, hey, I'm not comfortable with that, be like, all right, cool. Hybrid. Get on the floor. You can sleep on the floor. It is not that serious. He's a dog, (laughs) okay? So later... They, after they've decompressed, they have a conversation about the fight and discuss how to have a conflict, which was actually a really good and healthy conversation to have. And as the show goes on, and this three weeks goes on, we start to see them develop this really nice friendship. And in my opinion, it is only a friendship. One of their friends that they meet up with is like, "Why don't you guys like try being physical? Like hold each other, hold hands." And they're like, they try spooning in bed, and they're like, "I hate this." So, yeah, they were honestly just friends. However, one of the most solid relationships that was developed in this three weeks. Okay, final couple we have is Xander and Yoli. Xander and Yoli, right off the bat, have this, like, very sexual vibe. They seem very comfortable with each other. Xander gives Yoli a massage and, like, we all kind of know where this is going, right? Yoli is like, oh, I don't really like to be touched by everyone. And even with Mal, like we had to start off with like basic touches. But with Xander, like I just love when they massage me and touch me and whatever. So they start to fall in love with each other, like actually fall in love with each other. And they eventually kind of broach the topic of them having sex. They start to kiss. They clearly have chemistry. And then they do connect physically and end up having sex. And their chemistry and connection only seems to go stronger after this. Yoli learns later at that little cocktail party thing that Vanessa had sex with Ray. Vanessa tells Xander, like, hey, your partner had sex with someone else. The story is that Vanessa says, oh, it wasn't serious. Like, I have no feelings. It wasn't romantic. We just did it. And Xander literally does not appear to care at all. This person that you've been in a relationship with for years had sex with someone else and you don't care. But then like, okay, I get it. You don't care because you're literally just in love with somebody else. You're in love with Yoli because later, like, they're still having sex and being very physical and telling each other that they love each other. Like, they literally say the words, like, I'm falling in love with you and I love you and whatever. And at this point, I'm thinking about Mal's fear. Mal is Yoli's original partner. Mal's fear that am I actually special to Yoli or am I just here and she's going to act that way with anyone? I'm like, I don't know. It kind of seems like your fears are valid because Yoli's in love with someone else after a few weeks. And I mean, I get it. Like, people fall hard. You don't expect all the connections that you make. But like, dang, like that has to sting for Mal. So in the final days of this three-week period, these... To Honestly, I am convinced that they are literally just going to leave the show and just leave together, run off into the sunset. They're acting very in love, telling each other they love each other, being very physical. They said they're ready to commit to each other and they're not ready and not sure how to tell their partners. And that's where I'm going to leave you for this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the changeover ceremony where everyone goes back to their original couple. We're going to talk about the new dynamic that ends up happening with the original couples and I will tell you who ends up proposing, if they propose, who leaves together, and a little bit of what happened at the reunion. But you're going to have to tune in next week for that because I told you there's a lot. I have literally, what, 10 pages of notes? 11 pages of notes for this because I just wanted to talk about this. I just needed to just let it all out about my my ultimatum obsession. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to have another one next week with part 2. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcast is great. I appreciate it no matter what. If you're not already, follow the podcast Instagram and TikTok at your so quiet pod @yourE so quiet pod and I will talk to you next week. Okay, love you. Bye. <music>